We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. watched free agency with great interest we've watched the draft with great interest where do these teams stand now let's get into the vikings and their divisional opponents here on jeff diamond's vikings and nfl insider this is part of talknorth.com please subscribe to your favorite podcast app it's free it's easy you can always go to talknorth.com see all the shows the outdoor content the variety content our other football shows and follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see shows as they are released. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Redette, and thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore and TSR Injury Law. All right, Jeff, you've had a little time to reflect now. Uh, now that you've had time to reflect, what do you think of the Vikings draft and the Vikings offseason? I think I would say, again, with the caveat that we have to see how it all plays out, I, I would say, okay, uh, not not scintillating, perhaps, but I, I think that they've hit some needs. I think that it's going to be fascinating to see Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith as a pair of edge rushers, for example, coming out of the free agency situation, uh, the, the battle at right guard during training camp with the additions that they've added in free agency and, and through the draft of Jesse Davis, Chris Reed, Austin Schlappman through free agency, and then drafting Ed Ingram which a little bit of an interesting choice uh, in the second round when some people thought he would go a little bit later, but he's a big, strong guy. And as we know, had the sexual assault arrest, which is a little troubling, but the charges were ultimately dropped. And so he needs to stay out of trouble. And But I think that competition at right guard, and then you add, of course, Ole Udo, the last year starter, and and the guy last year's third rounder who seemed to be a forgotten guy, <laughs> Wyatt Davis. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see if he gets in the mix. But I think that overall, as I look at the draft, I'm, I'm still not thrilled with the trading with the division rivals. And I, I know that Quasi Adafo Menza, the GM is, is thinking of it through analytics and, and, and thinking about, okay, what's the best option? I don't care what the team is. Well, I kind of do care what the team is because I do think you're, he's setting himself up for some severe second guessing if if Jameson Williams, who the Vikings enabled the Lions to draft at number 12, becomes a great player, uh, or if Christian Watson, who they hand to the Packers at the top of the second round, becomes a great player. Now, I think the key is going to be, really the key to this draft is going to be how the Vikings players that they drafted as a result of those two trades, talking about first round safety, Lewis Seen, second round corner, Andrew Booth, Ed Ingram in the second round, the guard we mentioned, and then Brian Asamoah, the, the third round linebacker, were a result of these trades. And so if they become productive starters and one or more are pro bowlers at some point and James, Jameson Williams and Christian Watson are not elite receivers in the NFL. They're not the next Justin Jefferson. 
then it turns out okay, but I'm still not in favor of, of ever trading within the division. And I know Quasi says, hey, somebody else may have traded up to get those guys. I say, let someone else trade up to get them and don't, don't help your division rivals. And furthermore, when, as we talked about last week, the drop of 20 spots from number 12 to number 32, I think is still too far to go down in the first round. I think they could have gone down maybe eight or 10 spots and still gotten a great player potentially. Maybe it would, would have been Trent McDuffie, the corner who Kansas City picked at 21. Um, could have been Jordan Davis, who Philadelphia traded up to get uh, at 13. And again, second guessing if McDuffie or Elam, who Buffalo picked as a corner at number 23, if they're better NFL players than Seen or Andrew Booth, who the Vikings took as their corner, then again, you're going to get second guessed for that, how you drop in this draft. And I think it just seems like almost, Jim, the trades were, were so coming fast and furious, six trades, they're almost hard to follow <laughs> at, yeah. at certain points. And you kind of throw your hands up like, okay, why are you making this trade with Cleveland to move up a few spots in the seventh round? And it's just some of it, I think, was just trading just to trade, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but if it pans out, if it works out, then great. But again, we'll see how it works out. And, and I thought, Jim, one of the really interesting things and we could talk about this in a sec. What was the approach at quarterback, mm -hmm. and and uh, and the fact that that the Vikings did not draft one? Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Hey, by the way, this is just one place you can talk, you can listen to talk about the Vikings in the NFL. We also have the Viking Update show, and uh, sometimes I well, I always delve into Vikings and NFL issues on my show, Block the Muted with Jim Suhan. This week's guest was Kevin Seifert from ESPN, a great reporter, great guy who's now uh, kind of going to invest more time in covering the Vikings along with uh, doing his NFL enterprise work. And we talk about the draft at length. You know, you, you raise an interesting point. Should a general manager, I mean, the reality of that job, you were the general manager, you were the president of the Tennessee Titans, you had a lot of success. The reality of your job is it's, a, it's one of the most public jobs you can possibly have. You're one of the most scrutinized people in the state. How much do you worry about second guessing from either the public or the media? Do you let it affect you or do you just kind of try to block it out? Well, I think there's a component that you are in tune with, with what, what is being said and written in the media and the fan base. But I think, I think overall, it just has to be, you have to make the decision and put the blinders on more or less and decide this is the best course for the franchise. This is what makes sense. And so, yeah, I think it's, it is, it is difficult. It is very public. It's life in the fishbowl, as we say. <laughs> and so you have to understand that, that there are very few jobs that are that public. And, and particularly when it comes to big events, such as the draft and, and major contract negotiations. And which is why I, I always tried to keep things like contract negotiations out of the media as much as I could but it was impossible if you're negotiating with someone like Drew Rosenhaus, who mm -hmm. wants the, the notoriety, thinks it's going to help build his, his client base. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just something you have to deal with. And I, I'm not sure it really influences a lot of, of what happens, but Hey, you, you got to understand 
that your job security in a certain part depends on perception, image, and, and those are all based on what the owner is hearing out in the community, in what he's reading in the media or hearing on, on TV and uh, in radio. And so you, you have to understand that that's a part of it, but you have to also say, hey, this is what I think makes the most sense. And when Quasi went into the draft and he, he thought that was a, a good deal from Detroit in the first round and moved down, then so be it. But as, as I said, it better work out. <laughs> Yeah, last thing, you're always going to be judged on results, whatever the perception is. Uh, let's get to the Packers now. Uh, fascinating that they, you know, they never take first-round receivers. They lose Devontae Adams. They do take Christian Watson, who I think is more of a great athlete who needs to learn how to play, you know, at that level. I don't think he's going to step in and immediately be a great receiver, although he has tons of potential. They draft two defensive, uh, you know, front seven guys in the first round. And so you know, it looks like they're almost saying, okay, we've been getting beat in the playoffs. The teams are better defensively than us. Let's shore up our defense. I mean, when you add in the Aaron Rodgers pout effect to all this, how do you view the Packers at this moment? Are they a better team than they were last year? Are they a lesser team? Are they a different team? I think they're, they may be better on defense. I, I don't think they're as good on offense. I think that when you take Devontae Adams, who may be the best receiver in the league, out of the equation, and kind of under the radar, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a, a good deep threat who gave gave the Vikings some fits over the years, and, and now he's gone, and then you try to replace him with a rookie, and we'll see on Watson, time will tell, but the receiver room is definitely not as good as it was by a long shot, and but defensively, with, with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, the two Georgia defenders, uh, they're, they're, they're better. And they already were pretty good, but Zadarius Smith is here now instead of there. <laughs> but he didn't play last year much. And so it's just, they still got Aaron Rodgers. That, we know that. Matt, that Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing. He's a good offensive mind. And they're still the favorite in the division. But I think through the offseason with what the Vikings have done, I feel like they've narrowed the gap a little bit. But again, you have to see how it plays out on the field. And and it, it'll be very interesting to see, for example, the schedule is going to drop next week. And when do, when do they play the Packers? It might be advantageous to play them early in the year before Watson gets his, his footings. <laughs> in the offense and and these rookies on defense start coming on so maybe it's a good year to open with the packers <laughs> perhaps if they can play them here but if they're at lambo well i guess lambo in september is better than december right <laughs> oh god yes i it's the first thing i look at when the viking schedule comes out is when am i going over to green bay uh, am i going to be walking on ice across the parking lot or am i going to be enjoying a beautiful i you know one time i got sent to uh do a packers preseason game so i'm over at lambeau field in august and i was like this is paradise it was just beautiful and people are picnicking and tailgating and it was just fantastic I'm so used to going over to Green Bay either at the end of the season or in the playoffs and just, you know, wanting to be anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've got, after going there for 20 plus years, I, I feel the same way. And 
we had a lot of cold, dismal games in Green Bay. So we'll see, and we can talk more about the schedule next week. But yeah, I, I thought that I, I don't think the Packers came out of this great this whole off season, and I don't think the, the Bears did either. You lose Khalil Mack, uh, who when he's healthy, is still an impactful player. Akeem Hicks, who killed the Vikings. Now he's still a free agent, but hard to see him going back to Chicago. <coughs> and a little bit surprising that they didn't draft a, an offensive lineman until the fifth round uh, when, when that's been an area of need for him. And then they want to kind of build up around Justin Fields and didn't have a first round pick because of, of moving up to get Justin Fields. So the Bears' future is going to depend on, on how he comes on, how he develops. I, I did think, as far as the division, the team that helped themselves the most, obviously, was the Lions. But they're still the Lions. And Jameson Williams, how how quick will he be able to play? And once he gets in there, he could be a, a real threat. And he certainly got the speed and the agility to give the Vikings a lot of trouble. And, and as I said, set up that second doubt, uh, second, second guessing over the years. And, but I, I thought Detroit's picks were, were really good. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a solid player for them. He, he looks like a, one of those young stud defensive end pass rushers who big six, seven, two sixty. He's, he's going to big and fast and he's going to make plays and, kind of another guy to, to make things tough on Kirk Cousins. And there'll be some really good matchups coming over the years with Hutchinson going against O'Neal and Darasaw for the Vikings. So that, that's going to be fun to watch too. Uh, it will be, no doubt about it. And well, let's just get a little bit more into uh, into the lines. I think they are the most interesting team this offseason. Uh, but first, we do want to thank our friends at White Bear Lake Superstore. You find all their information at whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the Wiper Lake Superstore Buick GMC and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. Check out that great website you just mentioned, WhitebearLakeSuperstore.com. You will see great selection of GMC and Buick SUVs, new 21 and 22 Buick SUVs, including the stylish Encore GX, with 0% APR offers up to 72 months and 0% APR on most 21 and 22 GMC models, and also purchase allowance deals on those vehicles, such as the GMC Sierra 1500 Limited Crew Cab, a 0% APR offer, plus receive a $750 purchase allowance for current GMC or Buick owner lessees. And don't wait, reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is a Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They're a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wiper Lake or online at wiperlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Steve Terry and his friends and colleagues at TSR Injury Law. Steve sponsors a number of shows across the network. And the cool thing has been getting to know Steve uh, as a, a, just a great guy, uh, great sports fan, someone I trust completely. If, so listen, if you're injured, 
Just call 612-TSR time. They'll take good care of you. They won't charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. 612-TSR time. We hope you never have to make that call, but if you do, you're going to want good representation. 612-TSR time. All right, to go back on the Lions, the interesting thing about the Lions is they've earned a lot of praise since the middle of last year. Oh, man, this team plays hard. Man, they're getting better. They beat the Vikings. And then you look at the record, and I think they were like, what, 3-12-1, and something like that. I mean, they did not win games last year. Are you buying into the idea that this team is on the rise? Yeah, I think they are, and I think that's inevitable when you've got these early draft picks and, and the maneuvering they did to get two picks in the top 12, I think – is very beneficial for them. And, and I think the rest of their draft was solid and, and, and just look at their situation. However, I, I, do, I do have concern over, over Jared Goff's future there and what's gonna happen. And, and so how effective is the quarterback position gonna be for them? Now, offensive line wise, they've got a really solid offensive line. And I do think Detroit will be better this year. How much better? Coming off of, of what they did last year, maybe they're a six-win team. Maybe they're a seven-win team. But I think I still think they have a ways to go. I, I think they could surpass the Bears this year. That that would not shock me because I think the Bears are in, in pretty much full re, rebuild mode. And But I still think it's, it's, it's Green Bay 1, Vikings 2, and then, then the other two bringing up the rear at this point. And, and, and I do think, Jim, when we talk about the Vikings draft, that you, you just ha you have to, again, we talked about the quarterback situation. And I think it's it, very interesting to me that they passed on picking a quarterback this year, which tells me a couple of things. It tells me, first of all, Kevin O'Connell, the coach, was not enamored with this year's draft class, even though as you and I have talked before, I still think it's a good idea to pick a quarterback in every draft. And if you, if you develop them and they're not ready to step in, if Cousins plays great and keeps the job for several years, then you trade them as the Patriots have, have made a living off of doing that with guys like Garoppolo and Brissett that Belichick took even when he had Brady as a solid starter. And, and so I, I do think it's a good idea to, to go ahead and, and pick quarterbacks, but this year that tells me Kevin O'Connell was not enamored with this class. He also knows next year there's going to be better choices at the position. There's some really excellent quarterbacks coming out next year, uh, starting with Bryce Young at Alabama. And my further read on O'Connell is that he thinks Kellen Mond, last year's third rounder, maybe has more potential than Mike Zimmer did, who kind of trashed him at the end of the year. And O'Connell has said that he thinks Mond is athletic, he's, he's accurate. And, and a, a, an interesting comment he made in his press conference last week, and he made the point, he can make off-schedule plays. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hmm. Is there a certain quarterback maybe who can't do that at times in Cousins? So I think, I think O'Connell wants to work with Mond for a year, and if he doesn't like what he sees, then – you can bet that the Vikings are going to draft a quarterback in the first or second round next year because at that point, and especially if Cousins doesn't have a great year, then they have to definitely take, take an eye towards the future. But, but the other picks, too, and let's talk about a couple other picks that I, I found interesting in the Vikings draft. Ty Chandler, the running back in the fifth round, 
runs a 4-3-8-40 and had really good production in college at Tennessee and North Carolina. I think that was a really smart pick by Kwesi and his, and his scouting staff because number two back Alexander Madison is going to be a free agent after this season. He's probably going to move on because they won't be able to pay him when they're paying Dalvin Cook big money. And they and if they've got uh, Wang Wu, who I, Wang Wu, who's a I think a really good talent, uh, Kane Wang Wu, and they got Ty Chandler, those guys can battle it out next year for number two behind behind Cook, and Madison probably moves on. So I think that was a really good pick in Chandler. I, I think that you look at, for example, Asamoa as a, as a linebacker in the third round, and you say, well, you don't really need a linebacker necessarily, but Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks, who they signed in free agency, they're both 30-year-old inside linebackers, and Asamoa led Oklahoma in tackles the last two seasons. So here's a guy who can immediately help on special teams, certainly. And I think that was a pretty good pick for the future. So a little bit of under-the-radar stuff. I, I did think, Jim, that I, I was a little surprised they didn't jump on a tight end a little earlier, a receiving-type tight end. I know they signed Johnny Munt from the Rams, but he's a blocking tight end, has 10 career catches or whatever. And, and they've got Zach Davidson they drafted last year in the fifth round coming back. and but we don't really know much about him. And they lost Tyler Conklin in free agency and Irv Smith Jr. is coming off a major knee injury. So they took Nick Muse in the seventh round. He's a bigger guy at 260. Maybe he will compete more with Munt as a blocking tight end, but, but he did have some good production in college as a receiver too. So we'll see the truth of the manager of the situation on the tight ends is that the reality he's going to play more three wide receivers anyway and probably use the tight ends more in short yardage. So we'll see how that one works out. And, and the gopher defensive end, that that's, could be an interesting pick. Out of Mayo, is that how you, how you pronounce it, Jim? I think so. I'm not always great at pronunciations. I'm kind of a French guy, but yes, I think that's right. Yeah. And the other guys, uh, Caleb Evans, a corner in the fourth round, uh, Vidarian Lowe from Illinois tackle in the sixth round, the wide receiver from Michigan State, Naylor. Those guys bring some talent, and they're kind of interesting prospects. And they'll compete for roster spots and, and practice spot, squad spots. So I thought the Vikings did some interesting things on day three and day two uh, to augment what they hope they get in, in Lewis scene. But certainly the first couple of picks are, are always the most important. Andrew Booth Jr., Maybe the most critical pick in this draft. Seeing we know he's gonna, he he'll be a good player, and I was impressed with his with his press conference. Seems like a smart guy, and and knows knows Viking history, knows Harrison Smith, and and he's excited to be here. Got good size, speed, speed and smarts. He's a hitter. I, I like seeing. I don't necessarily like that they dropped that far to get him, but Andrew Booth Jr., who they traded up in the second round, that's a a guy who has first round talent is coming off these two sports hernia surgeries has had other injuries in college and can he stay healthy? And he was, and Quasi was asked in his press conference after the draft, well, what about Booth? Is he going to be okay? Yeah. Yeah. My doctor says he's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've heard that story before <laughs> on, on lots of guys, including Darisaw last year, 
who took half a season for us to see him on the field after his his uh, surgery in the offseason. So they need Andrew Booth Jr. to come on quick. If he's a player and seems a player, wow, that secondary will be so much better. That's been a weakness for the last two years. No doubt about it. Uh, next week, I'm going to ask you a little more about Malik Willis and whether he could have fit in with the Vikings. For this uh, week, I have one more topic I want to hit you with. Thanks again to White Bear Lake Superstore, TSR Injury Law, and our producer, Brianne Burnett. And thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Keep growing the network, uh, adding some big names here soon that you'll be hearing about. Jeff, I was going to ask you about the Vikings going again to play in London. When I first got to the Twin Cities, and I was covering you and Mike Lynn, and Mike was involved with the uh, World Football League, and he, you know, there were teams across Europe, the kind of minor league football teams. Now uh, the NFL continues to play overseas. Uh, what do you think of the NFL's enterprise here? You know, it feels like they're desperate to, to make an impact in Europe. Do you really think that's going to happen long term, or do you think it's just going to be them playing the occasional game over there? Yeah, well, they're, they're certainly making a big effort. And, and playing what, what five games in uh, in Europe this year, including one in Germany, and 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 the Vikings will make that trip to London on October second to play the Saints, which which I think is advantageous to the Vikings that they it was a Saints home game that they don't have to go to New Orleans. <laughs> You'd much rather play the Saints in London than in New Orleans in the in the Superdome. But I, I think long term the jury's still out, and those games are doing well. They basically sell them out all the time. But long term, is there going to be an NFL franchise in Europe? Perhaps. But it's just at this point really hard to say. And it's all part of Roger Goodell's strategy to grow the league revenue from $15 billion to $25 billion. And a lot of that can be international money. So uh, it's just an unanswered question at this point in time. And, and we'll see how how it works out but uh but i think from the viking standpoint it, it's a um, i would say kind of a love-hate deal with that game in london coaches don't like it because it's so disruptive to the schedule and even though they do they will have a buy either before or after but as i said to not have to play in new orleans that's a good thing for the vikings Oh, yeah, it's a big advantage. And I've covered two Viking games and, and the Olympics in London. I love London. I love going over there. I, I've really enjoyed the Vikings trips over there. They do a really good – and credit to the Vikings and the NFL. Uh, once they get over there, they have a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know. And the interesting – you know, what I've been told, Jeff, is, you know, the NFL doesn't need to attract too many eyeballs or a high percentage of eyeballs in the U.K. to have it be a great financial boon. I mean, they can just get – you know, if they can get five percent of people in, who live in the UK just to flip on NFL games on TV, uh, that is that's worth a lot of money. Yeah, and I think that's definitely true. And I, and I think that that there is a market, and obviously uh, a a key strategic point for the league. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep going there. Yep. <laughs> and so, and now and now tapping into Germany, where there's also a pretty good fan base, is, is interesting. And and by the way. I, I was in charge of, of uh, team operations when we, the Minnesota Vikings, played the first game in London back in 1983. Yeah. Which, which little known story almost didn't come to pass because the promoter was a crook. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and, and, and at, at that point in time, we did not have the NFL extremely involved. They, they sent one guy over there, Bill Granholm, to help. And, and I was over there for 10 days 
trying to, to get this game off the ground and, and the, the promoter is, is not coming through with our guarantees and, and finally did it the last minute. It was, it was a nightmare, believe me. So for the, for the teams that go today and the league handles everything, much better situation for them than what I had in that first game in London. But I love the international games I was involved with. With, with the Vikings and we played in, in London, we played in Sweden. That was a fan, that was a fun trip. Again, a lot of work, but a fun trip. Uh, and then we also went, went to, uh, to, 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 to Berlin, uh, interesting trip and to Tokyo. So I took four trips with the Vikings and all preseason games back then, but, but it was, it was a fun experience, but very difficult work-wise too. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, you know logistically it is a challenge no matter who you are whether you're a writer or a player or a coach or an administrator but I just I think it's been cool um, it just it man, you know what it it breaks up the NFL season it gives you something different to look at it uh, I don't know I just had fun with it hey good stuff yeah. from Jeff go ahead Jeff oh no I was gonna say too that <clears throat> in in terms of I had one little quick story yeah you talk about you talk about the cultural divide and and the the first game that we played in in um, in, in London, we're talking to the people at, at Wembley Stadium, and we're saying, and I and I say to them, so we need we need space for the coaches in the press box, and they look at me like I had four heads, and they go, <laughs> coaches in the press box, coaches what, and, and they're thinking coaches are are the team buses, <laughs> oh, <laughs> because that's what they call it, motor coaches. Right. It, over there and I said no no the, the coaches are what you call your I guess your managers of your of, of your soccer teams or f football is what they call it over there of course so that was kind of a funny story too <laughs> that's cool stuff yeah all right hey uh, I, I will say our from a personal note from a Star Tribune perspective uh Mark Craig likes his beer and probably the best thing we ever did over there I, actually I think I don't even know if the full I don't think the full unedited uh, video ever made it out these were you know we're a cautious newspaper but we had mark craig uh have a few beers and have conversations about soccer with some brits and <laughs> the great it was one of the greatest comedy skits of all time i just don't i don't think uh i don't think the public ever got to see the best parts of it ah, that's good I'll, I'll give mark a little grief about that one <laughs> Definitely. maybe he, he might have the he might have the uh, the editors or the uh, director's cut someplace Good stuff from Jeff. Thank you to Brianne. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We'll be back next week and we'll get into the NFC, Baker Mayfield, and uh, maybe some undrafted free agent stories that Jeff might have.